From Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. In the next two hours, the future of several NFL superstars will be decided as the franchise tag deadline hits today, 4 p.m. Eastern across the NFL. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance, and we won't waste any time getting to our next guest. The Wolfpack grows by one. Jameson Hensley joins us, ESPN Ravens reporter. Everybody's talking about Lamar. We got two hours left. Where are we? What's the latest in this situation, Jameson? Yeah, I mean, the, the Ravens are going to take as much time up to the deadline as possible trying to get a deal done, but... I mean, they've been negotiating for 25 months now. So to think that something could happen in two hours, yeah, you can't entirely rule it out. But I think everyone would be shocked just because if you can't get something done over two years, in two hours, I think that would be kind of prohibitive of something happening. But I think the big question for, you know, as far as when it gets to the tag deadline, which tag are the Guardians going to put? Are they going to put the exclusive tag on him, which – it costs $45 million, but he can't negotiate with any other teams. The Ravens control the trade talks as well as contract rights. Or do they put the non-exclusive tag? comes with a risk because he gets to talk to other teams, but it's $32 million, and the Ravens still have a right to match that offer. Now, Jamison, if the Ravens decide to non-exclusive tag Lamar Jackson, how quickly do you think other teams are going to inquire for his services? I mean, that's going to be the interesting part because, uh, I mean, you can see there's a lot of teams looking for quarterbacks out there. I mean, before uh, Derek Carr went to the Saints, I think the entire NFC South was looking for uh, new quarterbacks. So uh, I think there will be a lot of teams out there that will be intrigued by Lamar. But as we know, Lamar Jackson is a unique playmaker, and he will not fit every system out there. But for teams that look at his track record and you look and especially Lamar's favorite stat, which is wins. I mean, he, when the Ravens have him out there, they didn't, class can't believe it said this. They feel like with Lamar out there, they could beat any team out there. But when Lamar has not been out there, uh, they've struggled. They've struggled to score touchdowns. They've struggled to win. So uh, I think if teams are looking for a proven winner, then they will, Lamar Jackson definitely appeals to them. Jameson, if they do the non-exclusive franchise tag, is the goal just to let him go out there and see that nobody else will give him guaranteed money? Like, is that the Ravens' true hope? Or are they just really comfortable at that point just walking with two draft picks? If they put the non-exclusive tag, and I still I still feel they're going to put the exclusive tag on him. But if they do put the non-exclusive tag on him, the Ravens, I just feel the Ravens must believe, one, their, their current offer on the table is the best offer he will get. Or two, any offer that he would get from another team, they're going to be willing to match. I just cannot believe that the Ravens would say, oh, yeah, we're willing to let Lamar Jackson leave and only get two first-round picks as compensation. When a year ago, Deshaun Watson, the Houston Texans got three first-rounders and a couple other picks for Deshaun Watson. So I just don't think the Ravens would – I mean, the Ravens would get criticized heavily, and rightfully so, 
if they let Lamar Jackson go and they only get two first round picks in return. So again, if they put the non the, the, the non exclusive tag, they must feel like no one else is going to either beat their offer or any offer that he's going to get, they're going to be willing to match. Yeah, that's one of the things I've been screaming, you know, this entire time is that uh, how do they think two first round draft picks is enough compensation mm-hmm. for a guy of Lamar Jackson's caliber? Right. Like, it doesn't make sense and it doesn't add up to me, but I do want to touch bases with you on this. Is there a concern from the organization on how Lamar Jackson will react if he's tagged? Oh, definitely. And and I will say that we've already approached the subject uh, to, to John Harbaugh saying, well, typically when, when players get the franchise tag, they they will skip all the offseason practices, all of training camp. And he did reply, hey, Lamar beats to the drum of you know, his own drum. He doesn't follow the norm, so he wouldn't rule out Lamar possibly returning earlier. But you have to believe that when Lamar Jackson, even last year, he skipped all of the voluntary workouts. And I think that was maybe a, an indication to, to, to the Ravens of saying, hey, if you do put the tag, you're not going to see me until the start of the regular season. And, and that is not ideal for a Ravens team that just got a new play caller in Todd Munkin. So if you, if you have a new offensive coordinator, you're trying to install a new system, you want to have your starting quarterback. You don't want to get your starting quarterback five or six days before the start of the regular season. And if they put the franchise tag on Lamar, that is a distinct possibility. All right, so we've talked a lot about the guaranteed money. Let's take the word guaranteed out. Are Lamar and Baltimore on the same page about the overall money that would be there? T- taking guaranteed out of it, are they at least in the same financial ballpark? No one really knows just because he's his own agent. Lamar's not talking. And Ravens GM Eric DaCosta, he's not, he, he was asked at the combine to give specifics about it. He's like, I'm not getting into any details about this. He did say that he believes that Lamar deserves to be among the higher echelon of high-paid quarterbacks in the NFL. So I, don't, I think it's always been that the Ravens are willing to pay him, especially – when you're talking about the average year salary and average year value, I think the I think it's just still the sticky point is guaranteed money. And until they can find some common ground, and that takes sometimes both sides to compromise, they're not going to get a deal done. And I think that's why uh, until both can find something that they're willing enough to give up on, there's not going to be a deal. Well, see that that's my that's my argument. Uh... Another one that I have, you can't have the Ravens offering $133 million guaranteed and Lamar Jackson saying he wants guaranteed money, 230 a contract, you know, a little north of what Deshaun Watson got. That, that's, not, that's nowhere in the right. ballpark of one another. Yeah, and I, I think that's the, 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 the kind of what they're trying to get to is like, okay, Lamar, and, you, you know, Eric DeCosta said this at the combine. When you negotiate, you have to say, hey, this is what I want, but if you want this, what are you willing up to give up? And I don't think they've gotten to the point where they've been sitting down with Lamar to be able to hammer out and negotiate a deal. And I think, and both sides are within their within their rights. I mean, Lamar Jackson was well within his rights to say, "Hey, I, I, I didn't, you know, it's not my fault the Cleveland Browns gave Deshaun Watson all that money and that fully guaranteed contract." And then the Ravens can say, especially. If you look this offseason, if Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert sign contracts and they're not fully guaranteed, then I think that even backs up the Ravens, strengthens their stance to say, hey, look, Deshaun Watson's contract is an outlier. So I think both sides are right in their stances, but how do they find the middle ground? How do they come together and get a deal done? I think that's why 
both sides haven't been able to get that deal done for so long. If you had to bet your house on it, Lamar the starting quarterback week one this year for the Ravens? See, if you asked me at the beginning of last season, I would have said yes. Yeah, he's he's definitely the, the starting quarterback, and I would I would have bet everything on that. Now, I don't. I'm not saying he's not going to be the starting quarterback, but I wouldn't bet anything. <laughs> saying that he's, he's definitely going to be there. Uh, I honestly, I think it's very much up in the air. Um, and and honestly, I don't know if the Ravens even know uh, if he is definitely going to be the starting quarterback in 2023. A lot of it depends on the interest that Lamar Jackson generates if they put that exclusive tag on him. How many teams are going to be willing to? Or they they want Lamar Jackson so badly that they're able that they're willing to give him what he wants as far as contractually and give up what the Ravens want as far as compensation. If a team is willing to do both, I think that's that would put the wheels in motion of a possible trade. Follow him on Twitter at Jameson Hensley. Jameson, know how slammed you are today with this. Really appreciate you carving out the time to give us the latest, brother. Anytime. Thank you so much, guys. Jameson Henley, Hensley, ESPN Ravens reporter. Get ready for Champions, a hysterical new movie starring Woody Harrelson. Woody's a hot-headed basketball coach who's in over his head when he's court-ordered to manage a team with intellectual disabilities and a whole bunch of attitude. Champions, only in theaters Friday, PG rated PG-13. I, I cannot believe this, Harry. I cannot believe that we are less than two hours away. And to Jameson's point, after two years of negotiation, it is hard for me to think that in the next hour and 51 minutes, suddenly somebody's going to bring in an acoustic guitar, light a little fire, and sing Kumbaya, and everybody's going to start singing along with them. Like, I don't, it's hard for me to find the way that everybody's lockstep and dancing together, and there's like this this romantical moment. No, like, it feels like you don't get to the last hour and 51 minutes, and suddenly two years with the tension is resolved. Kumbaya, my lord. Kumbaya. (laughs) (laughs) Only on this show. All right. Speaking of only on this show, there is one thing that we haven't factored into the Lamar Jackson conversation through this entire negotiation that I think could kill the relationship between the player and the team. I'll tell you what it is next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. We are less than two hours away from the franchise tag deadline. We were just talking to ESPN Ravens reporter Jamison Hensley about this whole process, and it really made a light bulb go on for me. Something that's happening in these negotiations that will forever change the relationship between the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. And I hadn't thought of it until just now. And honestly, I haven't even told Harry what it is because I want to get his live reaction to what I'm thinking here. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. Now, Harry, you're a big baseball fan. We all know that. Uh, mm-hmm. we're, you're also a big hockey guy. Uh, mm-hmm. I covered hockey for the Preds in Nashville for a year and uh, am also big in the, into that sport. And one of the conversations you have a lot of times in those sports are about the process of arbitration. And part of what makes arbitration in athletics particularly difficult is the athlete sits in the room while you essentially have to make the argument for why they're not worth what they think they're worth. Usually in the NFL, you got an agent 
that's sort of the isolating factor here, an agent that can sort of insulate you from what the team's actually saying, make sure that you stay happy. So if I'm Harry Douglas's agent and I'm sitting in negotiations and they say, well, Harry's too slow and Harry's hands are too tiny and Harry doesn't uh, run the out routes the way we want him to, I can not tell you any of that and just be like, yeah, but look at my guy's stats. Look at my guy's stats. So when I come and give you your deal, you got your contract, you're happy. I'm like, it's a contentious, it's fine. Way different if I'm not sitting in that room, if you're sitting in that room. So every single time, because Lamar Jackson doesn't have an agent, every single time Baltimore comes back with a counter counter offer that's unacceptable, imagine sitting across from your boss, sliding the piece of paper over that says, I'm worth this, and having your boss turn around and go, "Mm mm-mm, and slide back a piece of paper to you that's worth about half that. All of a sudden, you are going to feel incredibly devalued. And I, until Jamison was talking, I'd never thought about it. But realistically, because Lamar represents himself, you cannot tell me that it is not difficult on the ego of anybody to sit across from somebody when you think you've got a certain worth and they're looking directly at you and saying, no, sir, you are not worth that. I think it's more difficult for the Baltimore Ravens. And I also think it's a unique situation for Lamar Jackson because – I don't see how the Baltimore Ravens can sit in that room and and say everything that they probably want to say without making Lamar Jackson feel some type of way because they could potentially – Lamar Jackson could potentially have the mindset of, you know what, I don't want to be here anymore then. So, Fitz, I think it's humanly impossible for the Baltimore Ravens to sit in that room and say the things that, you know, normally their side and the agent would handle. But now his agent is his mother, and, and they're all in this room together. So I think there's also a sense of, okay, from the Ravens side, like we gotta we gotta hold we gotta hold some things back because we don't want, you know, our starting quarterback to get be rubbed the wrong way. I, I cannot imagine sitting across from Harry Douglas's mom and being like, Sorry, your kid's got small hands. I I, I don't know what to tell you. He's got small <laughs> oh, hands. Oh, I know what my mama say. Well, you know what? My son is covered by the Lord. And guess who's <laughs> not? Obviously you aren't. My mom is very religious, y'all. Very, very religious. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> my, my mom would probably write down scriptures and, and slide it to them, everyone on the other side of the I table. S- I swear to God, this summer, if your mom isn't a guest where we can, like, we could just throw scenarios at her and she could just give her her best uh, Douglas mom uh, response to that, we need this in our you life. You would literally laugh because I'm so animated and amped up all the time. My mom is so cool, calm and collected and so chill. I've never... Heard my mother raise her voice. I've never seen my mom sin, bro. Like, mm. ever. I, but I just tell you the lady just, she is. Well, yeah. I mean, we, we couldn't be more different in that sense. My, uh, my mom uh, uses the F word like most people use the word love. So it's just kind of interesting. <laughs> different, different worlds. Uh, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. I, I think about even what we do. And a lot of people don't realize this, especially the people that like to tweet me all the time and say that I should get fired. Uh, ESPN employees are contract employees. To, to peek behind the, the curtain. We're contract employees, and frankly, unless we do something really terrible, our contracts are guaranteed. So once we've signed a contract, we have a contract, just like uh, the NBA, right? So uh, what's interesting is that we have agents, and our agents, uh, Harry and I have an agent that goes in and uh, works on these negotiations. I got a couple of friends that have worked here over the years that don't have an agent and that have had to go into those negotiations themselves. 
And it's really uncomfortable because part of the agent process and negotiation is getting feedback from all the people you work for. I have several different bosses at ESPN. They all give feedback to my agent. He filters all that, only gives me the positive because I'm a fragile ego. And then he, he tells me what I need to hear and we're all good. I can't imagine sitting in the room and then not only having the company decide that my value is nowhere near where I think it is, but also while I'm being told that this is what they think the value is, they have to tell me why. So you're going to have to sit across from Lamar and his mom in this situation who are asking for fully guaranteed contracts because of Deshaun Watson, because of the wins, because of uh, the work that he's put on tape. And then you're going to have to say, well, sorry, you're just not consistent enough as a passer for us. We have to build this special offense for uh, you. You haven't shown that you're worth it. You're not as good as these other quarterbacks. Like that's a tough thing to say, even mm -hmm. though I don't, I don't, I think realistically, like it's not the worst to look at Harry Douglas and say, you sir are not as good as Jerry Rice in his prime. Okay, fine. Maybe you want to say that. I also don't want to say that to him if I'm going to be working with him again because in a week when he cooks me in practice, he's going to look over right away and be like, Jerry, who? Like that's just – it feels like this is the seed that sits. It, it plants the, the – it's the seed that plants something that sits in you for years when you well, hear this it, level of negativity. Well, fits, especially for a guy like Lamar who was doubted by so many as well. And I yes. understand the Baltimore Ravens were the one team that decided that they wanted to move up in the second, uh, first round and take him. But at the same time, he's been doubted by so much. When he went to Louisville, Coach Petrino at the time, who he had and was my coach as well in college, he gave him that opportunity to play quarterback when a lot of other um, college teams didn't want, didn't want him to play quarterback and wanted him to change positions. What was the narrative when he came out in the draft? Okay, well, Lamar Jackson will have to play wide receiver. And then when he started doing his thing, winning the MVP, well, he's really a running back. He can't pass the football. He, he's dealt with all this stuff. So as an organization, you also have to take into account all these things as well because you don't know the mental hurdle it would, it, or, or what it would do to him from a mental standpoint and how it would make him feel about y'all moving forward as well. We have breaking news on Fitz and Harry. Want to get you caught up on this. Just went to Twitter from Diana Rossini and Rob Domovsky. The New York Jets have flown on Woody Johnson's private plane to California to meet with Aaron Rodgers in person per sources. They land soon. Uh, if, it, it feels to me like I know, and we played the uh, we played the audio earlier today that I just drastically disagree with, where Greeny speculated that Aaron Rodgers uh, that tipped his hand and somehow Derek Carr knew that and went to New Orleans. I, I don't think there's any truth to that at all. I think it's a bad take. However, I do think right now. If you're the Jets and you realize you just lost whatever your backup plan is going to be, you better be more aggressive with Aaron Rodgers, and we're seeing that. Like, it, I don't think it's an accident that 24 hours after Derek Carr signed somewhere else and you realize you could get stuck with literally nothing, you're now on a private plane to California to meet with the guy that you wanted the most overall anyway. Like, this Man, all makes sense. If, I, if I'm Woody Johnson, I'm going in my cowboy hat and my Wranglers and my boots and my belt buckle. And Aaron Rodgers, we want you here, baby. We need you you here we need you to take us to the promised land i mean that's gonna work too aaron Rodgers, big country music guy like i mean he's he's gonna ride be out there ride stone cowboy i don't i don't i can't promise you we're not gonna keep breaking into song i don't know what's going on uh i do know that again the new york jets have flown on woody johnson's private jet which is the the equivalent of saying for most of us you grab the bike and you you rode down the street to your buddy's house because i mean he's woody johnson but they've taken his private jet to california to meet with aaron Rodgers in person per sources they 
Thailand soon. Remember, earlier today it was reported that conversations had begun in earnest, uh, at least between the Jets and the Packers, Aaron Rodgers and uh, the Jets, with no idea if it means anything. These are just the getting-to-know-you stages. So I can't tell you we're any close to closer to any sort of a deal, but I can tell you, at least as of right now, people are talking. And, frankly, people talked all week last week in Indy about the NFL draft. For the second week in a row, we're going to get you the draft breakdown from the biggest name in all of NFL draft coverage. It must be draft season. We're going to talk to Mel Kuyper Jr. But first, Harry's got to tell you this about Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Woody Johnson and the New York Jets are on a private jet headed to California to talk to Aaron Rodgers. We're an hour and a half away from franchise tag deadline. No news yet on Daniel Jones. No news yet on Lamar Jackson. Those are the big things we're keeping you updated on, but obviously we are only days removed from the scouting combine in Indianapolis, and we all know that the draft has become absolutely one of our favorite events to be a part of. Again, you can check out Harry and I both on Fitz and Harry, ESPN Radio, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We'll be working on the digital side as we do every year. I'll be hosting the draft show for digital for the sixth straight year, and when I think draft experts at this company, we all know it starts and ends with Mel Kuyper Jr., don't tell Todd McShay I said that, though, but I don't want to start beef between them. ESPN NFL draft analyst coming on with us. Mel, we'll get to the draft in a second, but as was pointed out, I mean, you grew up in Baltimore. You're right there down the road. You got any breaking news on Lamar Jackson? You want to give us, like, what do you make of this situation, Mel? It's a tough it's a tough spot to be in if you're Eric DaCosta and Ozzie Newsom and Steve Bashotti and John Harbaugh and the Ravens because you got a quarterback that you want to be your guy. You want Lamar Jackson to be your quarterback, but you also don't want to commit – a ton of years and guaranteed money like Deshaun Watson got to Lamar Jackson. That's just that's an outlier contract. That's not the way the standard in the NFL will be. So the Ravens aren't going to pile into the situation with Cleveland and say, okay, we're going to go to where the Jimmy Haslam and the Browns went before Deshaun Watson. It's not going to do that. Well, a short-term deal guaranteed? Yeah, possibly, okay, but not a long-term deal. And that's where Lamar, and, and I don't know who's advising Lamar. That's the issue here, no agent. Who's, who's in his ear? Who's advising Lamar? And uh, who's giving him th- that advice? Uh, he could have signed a contract last year for a lot of guaranteed money and did not. So it's, it's a, and if the Ravens do move on from Lamar, who's their quarterback going to be? Derek Carr was supposedly the number one option. Well, that's not there anymore. Are you going to go to you know, Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo? That's a big drop-off from Lamar Jackson when Lamar's healthy. So that's the issue, and the reason why they don't want to obviously uh, you know, go long-term is because of the last two years, the injury issues with Lamar. But if you, if you franchise him, will he be here until, and not show up till August with a new offensive coordinator, new receivers, new system. So it's a quandary. It's, it's, it's one of those things where you, you hope it's worked out. You hope Lamar's the quarterback here moving forward. But I always thought franchising was the, probably the only move they could make. That was my opinion months ago, and I don't know if anything's changed up till now. Now, Mel, we can have this entire segment be about Lamar Jackson, but since we had the combine go on this past week, mm-hmm. I don't want to gloss over that at all. Right, so who did something at the combine that changed your opinion of them? 
You know, that's a great question. I, I, don't, I don't think you change how your opinions, and Jason knows this, you know, if you like the kid, you like him a little more. If you didn't like a kid as much, you don't move him up. Sometimes it throws you back. I will say, to answer your question, D.J. Turner, the cornerback from Michigan. I liked him. I didn't love him. Uh, when I say love him as a first-rounder, he's 5'11 and a half, 178 pounds. He, he's, he's got his weight up a little bit, but he's still lean for corner. Uh, but to run 4'2", 38 and a half vertical, he's a great kid. He plays in press. He plays off. He tackles. He was a great special teams player before he became a starter at Michigan for the last two years. Uh, that's a kid now you got to think early to mid-second. I mean, you got to think he goes pretty early. You need three, four cover men now. He showed he could run with anybody. He had a heck of a year. Uh, he's, he's a multi-dimensional corner as well. You wish he was a little bigger, but you can't have everything. Emmanuel Forbes is going to go in the first round. He's 166 pounds. So there's sometimes there's these splendid splinters. There's these outliers like Devontae Smith was a splendid splinter. But Emmanuel Forbes, the same thing. Uh, same thing with T.J. Turner. So, D.J. Turner. So, for D.J. Turner, I think he's the one in my mind because I liked him. I moved him up just a bit because of the great combine. You mentioned outliers. So, I want to get your thoughts because McShay has B. John Robinson going 10th overall in this mock draft, which is higher than we're used to for a running back. So, what are your thoughts on that one? That's a tough one, too, because it's the Eagles, and they will maybe need a running back with Miles Sanders, free agent and all that. But Miles Sanders was a second-round pick the same year Josh Jacobs went in the first round, and the Eagles passed on Jacobs to take Dillard, the offensive tackle. That was the same year Tony Pollard was a fourth-round pick. My point is, you can find running backs. So will the Eagles say, okay, we need help on the O-line, particularly a guard. We need another defensive tackle. We could maybe a 10. If it goes the way Todd has it, Jalen Carter will be there. Okay, uh, and then you could get an O lineman in the late first, or you could flip it and take the O lineman early and the defensive lineman in the late first. I loved Kalija Kansi from Pitt. Todd actually had him going there. I had him going there the mock two weeks ago, and Todd, uh, you know, agreed and had him going to the Eagles. So I think in the trenches has historically been what the Eagles do in the first round. Go back to Lane Johnson early first round. So you know, and pass on the running back and wait on maybe a Dwayne McBride from UAB who I love. I think he'll be a great second round pick this year. Uh, you could get a Kendra Miller from TC. You and Israel Banacanda from Pitt, a Zach Charbonnet from UCLA. There's a ton of running backs that can play in this league that you don't have to use a first-round pick. Now, the other thing is, he's the sixth-highest-rated player on my board. You take him at 10, you say, hey, we got value. But he's a running back. So that's a tough spot. He hasn't going there. I'm not going to argue with it. I'm not going to hate the pick if they took him. It goes against my philosophy, but it does not go against my rating. Now, in Todd's mock draft, he does have, since you mentioned Jalen Carter, him going 12 to the Texans. My question for you, Mel, if you're the Seahawks, if you're the Lions, also if you're the Bears and the Falcons, knowing what you need on the defensive line, all of those teams, how do you pass up on Jalen Carter if he's mm. there? You do your due diligence, Harry and Jason. That's what you have to do. You have to, over the next you know, month and a half, really go into this thing and look at it. And if there are with, with the other issues, how, you know, how serious, was there anything else with Jalen Carter? He's the best football player in this draft, as we all know. Um, he fits need to help fill need areas for these teams. You know, interior pressure, being so disruptive like he is. Um, yeah, I don't think he gets past those. I, I really think right now Chicago, as you said, certainly Philadelphia 10. I don't think he gets the 12. I mean, Warren Sapp dropped the 12, and there was five busts drafted ahead of Warren Sapp that, that weren't very good in the NFL. 
you know, Larry McTunsil dropped the, you know, a little bit, and there were a couple guys that weren't very good that went ahead, didn't pan out like they were supposed to ahead of him. So, like I said this morning, do you, do you take a guy that you like but you don't like? Everybody loved the player that Jalen Carter was. They love his football playing ability. So you're going to take a guy that you're okay with just to be safe? Uh, you know, when a guy's going to go at some point, it's not like he's not going to go. So somebody else is going to take him. So why would you pass that one him at 10 when he's going to go 12 or pass on him at 7 or 5 when he's going to go 12? I, I, to me, you have to do your due diligence on this. It was a tragedy uh, to a young uh, a girl and a young man lost their life in this in the accident that was in the other car. Um, so this is a serious issue uh, that you have to really look into. But uh, I, I just don't think when you get to late April uh, that he gets past, like I say, the top 10 and certainly could still go inside the top 10, in my opinion. Mel, after getting through Indy, it feels like we're more divided than ever on which of the top four quarterbacks is the best of the quarterbacks, depending on who you talk to. If teams are this divided on who the best quarterback is, do they have to be aggressive? Like, if I'm looking at Houston right now at number two overall, can you afford to sit at two not knowing if somebody in your own division like Indianapolis is trying to move to one to get the guy that you actually want? I think there's got to be movement. Uh, these quarterbacks are so close. You're really splitting hairs. Uh, you know, Bryce Young is an outlier. I had to go back to 1982 draft with Jim McMahon to find somebody that was similar, you know, uh, in terms of size. Jim McMahon was about six foot and a half, 190, one, maybe 192 in that area, 195 tops. Somebody at 185. So Jim McMahon, taller, but didn't have the weight, but he became a Super Bowl winning quarterback. That's 1982, okay? Nobody since then. People say, well, Kyler Murray was 207. Kyler Murray was thick. And Tyler Murray held that weight. That's the thing with, with Bryce Young. Can he maintain that weight throughout the year? So, you know, you're, after him, you're looking at C.J. Stroud, probably as the safest one. He was at a nearly 70% completion percentage over the last two years. He didn't. Uh, he was phenomenal at the Combine. He had a great game against Georgia. If he can become, if you could bottle that performance against Georgia and carry that into the NFL, where he didn't like, fold up like a tent in some games in the pocket uh, over the last two years, and you got something. And I think Will Levis... I mean, this year I throw it out. He was hurt all year. In 2021, he was outstanding. So I think you're really looking at a Eli Rivers, Roethlisberger scenario where I think I hope all these guys are really good. It doesn't matter which one you get. That's what the GM of the Chargers said. Hey, I don't care which one we get. He got Herbert, right? Uh, Telesco said, well, Burrow went one, Tua went five, and Herbert went six. They all turned out pretty doggone good. So, uh, you know, again, I think all these quarterbacks, hopefully for the NFL and for us as fans, we want these guys to be good, and they probably should be. I only want them all to be good if one of them gets to the Raiders, Mel. Uh, as always, follow him on Twitter <laughs> at Mel Kuyper ESPN. Mel, appreciate your time so much, my friend. Thanks for the insight. Hey, we didn't even talk about the most interesting guy, Anthony Richardson. So you guys can go at it on that one. There you go. Take Let's care, guys. Go. Thanks, uh, thanks, Mel. Appreciate <laughs> you, it. Bud. Uh, it is a wild draft this year. We're going to keep breaking it down. In fact, I just decided willy-nilly here, but at some point between now and draft season, I'll be sure to give you my wish list. We should give our wish list for our favorite teams, what we want out of the draft, and rank them. So I'll give you my Raiders wish list. Uh, uh, key, key, key point here, one of the guys just mentioned that wasn't a quarterback might still be at the top of it. We all know the game isn't over till it's over, so next time you need parts for your car, don't call it quits. Go to eBay Motors. They have 122 million parts to take your car into overtime. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBayMotors.com. You know what's coming. Let's ride. The tag deadline getting closer and closer. We'll fill you in on the latest breaking news next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. The breaking franchise tag news you need. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. 
According to reports, the Rams are not using the franchise or transition tag on kicker Matt Gay. There we go. So for all of you that were spending all day wondering what was going to happen to the kicking franchise tag game, uh, we now have the answer. I can't. I mean, I took everybody on a ride for that. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, uh, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, XM Channel 80. Uh, we also have some tweets going out. Sauce Gardner said, I, at Aaron Rodgers, I promise if you become a Jet, I won't pick you off in practice and I'll burn the cheese head. So at this point, Sauce Gardner uh, openly, loudly uh, trying to figure out how to get him. Uh, the the Jets have flown on Woody Johnson's private plane to California to meet with Aaron Rodgers in person. Uh, the Green Bay Packers have given permission for conversations to have. So we all know the Man, conversations. You're talking about a low for for like Zach, Zach Wilson. How do you got to feel like if you're Zach Wilson? Hear your teammates like tweet these things and say these things. But hey, you put yourself in the situation. Yeah, I mean, you know, the eye in the sky never lies. Uh, that, <laughs> Oh, I'm stealing that. The eye in the sky never lies. Like, that is a that is a fact when it comes to this. We still now have reached, we are one hour and 12 minutes away from the tag. And as I've been saying all day, I can guarantee you that Candy and Carlin are going to continue to cover every single angle of what it means for Baltimore, but we still don't have an update. So we've gotten to this point, and we also know that the Dolphins have informed uh, Byron Jones he's being released on March 15th. We'll have the opportunity to enter free agency. He'll be designated a post-June 1st cut, which will save Miami $13.6 million bucks against the salary cap. Not a shocking development considering he's been pretty vocal on Twitter about some of the physical ailments that he's going through uh, in life. So, uh, And Tom Brady uh, responded to the rumors that he could be returning to the NFL by tweeting out, anyone who thinks I have time to come back to the NFL has never adopted a two-month-old kitten for their daughter. So there we go. We've got all the breaking news. Well, I, I don't think that that would hold you up, Tom Brady, a two-month-old kitten. I mean, daughter. I know that, you know, post-divorce, the finances might be rough for Brady uh, not having Giselle around <laughs> to pay the bills, but I think he can probably afford a cat sitter. I, I, I don't want to speak for how another man spends his money. Uh, but all the He's wa- making it seem like the like the kitten is the reason why, like, it's, it's what's really holding them back. Like, that, that's not going to be the reason why. Uh, uh, we're going we're, we're gonna to cue everybody in on this one. What do we think the over-under is on the number of times this year that Tom Brady, I'm going to give you a number. The number of times Tom Brady will actually change the litter of this kitten over under one and a half. I'm hammering the under. Under. Okay. No, 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 no. I'm going over. I'm going over. You think he's because changing the litter? I'm a, I'm a father. I know oh. how what it would mean to probably his daughter seeing him do it, being like being oh. invested into it. You know what I mean? That's so, so sweet. You know what I would do? I would teach my daughter that she could just, you know, buy an automated litter machine. They have something now that you can, like, teach. You can potty train your cat. Like, you can train your cat to go up on the, 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 the toilet seat and take care of things. I bet you didn't know that. Uh, that's a true story. Uh, no other details like, on the franchise. Even to take a deuce? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the cat goes up and sits on the corner of the seat, and bangity man takes care of their business. They don't flush it, so you have to flush it when you come well, in. What, but if, what if the water splashes on the cat? Like, after the deuce goes oh, in? I don't know. I haven't talked to any cats about this. I haven't fit. Like, well, I just yeah, know it's a just system. Asking. I mean, okay. Now you're asking me a ton of questions. I, I'm a dog owner Sorry. at this point. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Uh, also, speaking of questions, we need Harry's advice on something. Uh, we got volleyball tonight, intramural volleyball. Now, you know there's been controversy because uh, one Devin Kane missed a game, even though he was still playing in uh you miss one too yeah i know because i was going through physical Devin, therapy just that's not the point what he's trying to say he triggered me he triggered me he triggered me he missed here? a game even though you know he continued to play intramural basketball so we know mm-hmm. which league he prioritized um but in the meantime we have a game tonight where we are taking on 
the best team. Now, when I say we, I mean the ESPN radio team. We are a team that we spend our week planning whether or not there's going to be Southwestern egg rolls at the, at the Doubletree beforehand and how many drinks is just the right amount of drinks for an intramural league. Like, that's it's a very calculated thing. We are taking on a team that practices and actually, like, sends each other group texts to figure out the right plays and formations. We are going to get – like, we are just going to get flat-out killed. Like, this isn't going to be – this what? is going to be what? ugly. We're going to get killed. We're gonna get murdered in this thing. Devin, you feel the same way? Do you want me to answer honestly? Yes. Do you feel the same way? Yes. Yes. We're yes. gonna get beat. Tonight, yeah, we're Devin. gonna get beat pretty handily. I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is at this point. You, you MFers are pathetic. You are one pathetic loser. Well, I mean, look, if I walk, like, y'all pathetic. Like, who goes into a game? I don't give a damn. What's the like? How big it is and how small it is. You, you guys are. are, are we're gonna get beat. We're but playing against someone who practices. To- we have no faith in ourselves. What, Look, what, we're what? going to try our best, and we're going to try to win. It just probably won't end up that wait, we win. Wait, 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 wait. Just be glad I'm showing up. You know what? Up. Try to put a bar of soap down your throat. Let's try that. Since I mean, you like to try things. Since you like to try things, Devin, let's try to win. Let's try to hope right. we have a competitive spirit tonight. If what I are walk we talking in, about here? If I walk into the gym, and I've I got a basketball in my hand, and remember, it's going to be a child's basketball because that's all I can pump. So I walk into the gym, and I'm wearing, in, this, in my image on this one, I'm going to go with particularly long shorts, like, you know, the long basketball shorts and a tank top that's ill-fitting that makes me look even weirder than I already look with my tiny hands and a child's basketball and I'm like I can take anybody one-on-one and LeBron walks out of the stands I realize I'm gonna get my butt kicked that's what's gonna happen tonight man I, listen I'm gonna try to get LeBron hell hell and high waters you see what I'm saying well you know what I ain't even gonna try I'm gonna give LeBron hell he gonna lead that session saying damn why you didn't have to play that hard man oh, yes I did number one you LeBron number two I have pride well I, pride. I mean, like, wait, 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 wait. Isn't pride sometimes admitting when you're about to get your butt whooped so you can just have fun in the process? I, I've never been. I'm, so, I'm sorry, guys. I've never been in that situation okay. where I could just oh, say, oh, there oh, it I'm going to get my ass whooped today. Yeah. Oh. I'm going to give you a, a, a secret here, Harry. You have a gym named after you, right? We're not walking into the Jason Fitz intramural gym at But ESPN it's a mindset Davis. thing, guys. It's a mindset you thing. You know my mindset's going to be? No, I was going to fly up there on, on one of these days to play with you guys. I'm having second thoughts now. Oh, no, no. We would build you up. Like, we build each other up. We have a really good time. Like, we build each There's so much but love for each other. But I can't be playing other. with guys that, you know, look at the opposing team. Hey, you know what, man? We're going to lose today. No, no, no. Like, we just have the right spirit. Like, I'm aggressive clapping in the back when somebody serves it right into the net. I'm like, it's okay. We'll get them next time. Like, look look at that. We build each other up. Oh, he's tall. He's going to spike me today. Huh? Wow. Okay. You know what? What I know is that we're going to get our butts kicked tonight. I also know definitively that ESPN Radio will have you caught up every step of the way as the franchise tag is just over an hour away. Be sure to check out Candy and Carlin next for all the breaking news. Thanks for hanging out with Fitz and Harry. Beat the hell out of us all. Oh. You've been listening to the Fitz and Harry podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to three Eastern on ESPN Radio, and you can watch on the ESPN app.